I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 71. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3.2, where Paul says, set your minds on things above. In Romans 12.2, Paul also writes, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We can be transformed, Paul's saying, by the renewing of our minds. And that's why we do this podcast, to help set our minds on thoughts from above. Today's thought from above is this, God is in this. Well, thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, I've been hearing some really bad theology. A friend of mine showed me a text she was sent from her Christian neighbor who said that God was causing this pandemic to cleanse us, to purge us, and sent along some Bible quotations to support it. Another person I spoke with said he thinks God is punishing our world for our idolatry and selfishness and immorality. I heard another person say God was doing this to get our attention. And I think these people are well-intentioned in some sense because we so badly want not just a reason, but a divine reason for this epidemic. One option is to say that God caused this epidemic, and if we believe that, then we must conclude that this epidemic is God's will, every aspect of it. And if so, then God must be a punishing God. And I realize that many people want a God like this, a God who punishes and purges people for their sins. But I've noticed that every person who holds this view never includes themselves. It's always about cleansing and purging and punishing them, never me. But in addition to that being a problem, I think there's a couple of other problems too. In fact, major problems with this position. One, it assumes a system of just punishment. Punishment that is just in terms of justice. It assumes that bad things have to happen to bad people and good things must always happen to good people. And second, it doesn't reflect the God revealed in Jesus. Let me address the first one, that there is a justice in this punishment system. Writing way back in the 4th century, St. Augustine, who himself lived through a terrible time in history, as they were overrun and it was just a, a horrific time, in Christian life. But Augustine wrote about this narrative that bad things happen only to bad people and good things happen to good people. Here's what he writes. We do not know why God's judgment makes a good man poor and a wicked man rich, nor why the wicked man enjoys good health and the good man becomes ill. But we also do not know why good men have good fortune and evil men have bad fortune. We do not know by what judgments these things are permitted by God. 
All we know is that God is of the highest virtue and highest wisdom and highest justice, that God is never unfair. Augustine concludes, Therefore, it is not beneficial for us to try to make it make sense. Let me repeat that. Augustine says, Therefore, it is not beneficial for us to try to make it make sense, at least on that level. In other words, it's a losing proposition. Good people have and will get this virus and suffer from it, even die. And bad people will not. And good people will be spared, and some bad people will not. And then, of course, you have to define who's good and who's not, when in fact, no one is righteous, no, not one, said Paul. That's why Augustine wisely advises that we just don't play the game. What Augustine said we can know for sure is this. There is good peculiar only to the good and evil peculiar only to the evil. And what he meant by that is, if we act in kindness and compassion and self-sacrifice, that's the good, we will know a kind of good that only people who do those things can experience. And if we act in selfishness, meanness, anger, hoarding, whatever bad behavior there is, if we do those things, we will know and experience the reality that comes with it. On that, Augustine said, you can fully rely. The inability to find a clean, fair, and reliable pattern of bad people being punished and good people not being punished is by itself a good enough reason to abandon this false narrative that God must be purging the bad people during this epidemic. God would have to be capricious and arbitrary, and as even Einstein said, God is neither of those. But second, this theology does not reflect the God that Jesus reveals. This theology reflects a God, really a devil, in my view, who's made in our image and not even the best version of us. There's the old joke that goes like this, God made man in his image, and then man returned the favor. We make a God like this because, sadly, we are often like this, so we believe in a God who's actually more like Zeus than Jesus. The God Jesus reveals loves the least and the lost, the sinful and the selfish, and without exception, never gives people, quote, what they deserve. Not once. Instead, he does the opposite. He offers people what they do not deserve, which we call grace. In fact, we even call it amazing grace or shocking grace because it is. Look, I don't believe God is the cause of this epidemic. And therefore, I don't believe this epidemic is, quote, God's will. Raymond Brown, the great New Testament scholar, put it best when he said this, Not everything that happens is God's will, but God's will is in everything that happens. And that seems like a conundrum, but what he's saying is not everything that happens as it happens is God's will, meaning God's desire for it, but God's will is in everything that happens, meaning that God can work God's will within it. And what is God's will? We often wonder that, like, wow, what's God's will for this or that? God's will is actually really clear, and I read it earlier in Romans 12 too. And I'll read it again. So listen this time. For what is God's will? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern 
what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what is the will of God? It's right there. Whatever is good and acceptable and perfect. What is that which is good? Well, my definition of the good is that which benefits, that which makes something well. And the highest good is love, which is why Jesus said, this is my commandment or my will, what? That you love one another. So back to Raymond Brown. Not everything that happens is God's will, but God's will is in everything that happens, meaning the good that can happen. I believe that God is in the middle of this epidemic in powerful ways. As my friend and colleague Jeff Gannon said, God never wastes a crisis. This is a time in which God can and is doing amazing things. But a good question is, well, where is God in this? Where is God? Particularly for those listening who have really felt the pain of this in what's happened to you or to loved ones. There's loss of jobs and health and people we know who have suffered and even died. Where is God? That is a great question. It's a question the psalmist raises. Where are you, God? Or where were you, God? Where, where are you in the midst of this trial? And I know that that is a very real question. I know that from my own life. Here's the thing. What I learned about God through our daughter Madeline really shaped me. For those who don't know the story, and many listeners or readers of my books know, our second child was born uh, with a chromosomal disorder and was therefore compromised in her ability to grow and thrive and, and died at the age of around two. And it was a trial for us, and we learned a ton, and I've spoken about that especially in a previous episode where I talked about it was like, uh, you know, you're planning this and this is what you got, right? The Welcome to Holland poem. But the thing that I learned through the experience with Madeline is that God was in every moment of her life and in my life and in Megan's life and in Jacob's life, in our family's life. All, our grandparents, extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles, we all experienced so much in her life, that God was at work in mighty ways, even in her short life, and still is. Madeline was and still is my greatest teacher. God was at work in Madeline's life in ways that I could never have guessed. So, where is God in all of this? Has God abandoned us? Is God not listening to our prayers? Here's my answer God is right here with us, right in the middle of the suffering. Now, God is, of course, everywhere, but it is important to remember that God is not afraid to enter into suffering. We see that on the cross. I believe God is at work in every hospital. God is with every doctor and nurse and scientist and EMT worker and every person helping those who are sick and suffering. I believe God is with us and is working through us and through the men and women in our government at the global and national and state and local level.
I believe God is with all of us who turn to him for comfort and for courage and for peace and for strength. I believe God is involved in more humanitarian efforts than we may ever know are happening right now and have been from the beginning of this epidemic. This pandemic will pass. History tells us that it always does. The question will be, did we do our part? Did we, as Augustine encouraged, engage in the good? The good, which Paul said, is certainly God's will. I want to look back at this time and say that I became a better Christ follower in this season, however long it lasts. Not to earn God's favor or to avoid God's wrath or to end the suffering. I want to look back and say I became a more Christ-like person because that's God's ultimate will for all of us, that we live a good and beautiful life of faith, hope, and love. I hope you join me next time for episode 72. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast at apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>